How are we? Happy, this is officially now New Year, right? Because we met last year, it was New Year's Eve. Now we are in the new year. Any New Year resolutions? So quiet, really? Lose, lose, you will disappear. You will disappear, my friend, if you lose anyway. No, no New Year's resolutions. Hey, are there any that have been broken already? Kat? Appreciate your, appreciate your honesty, Kat. How about, was there any from last year, any successful resolutions from last year that are still going? Yes? Come on. How do you want to share what it is? You're still here. Come on. That's amazing. We love you. All right, well, on the tail end of that, New Year's resolutions, I'm believing, I'm very expected for today, I'm believing that this word is going to inspire, it's going to empower. I believe that for some of you that have come in maybe a little heavy, laden, a bit like bearing a lot of burdens and stuff, maybe from 2017, maybe from this year already, I'm believing that this message is going to take a bit of the pressure off, and it's going to equip you to release some of that pressure today. Does that sound good? Yeah. Now, typically, first Sunday of the year, it's almost like an unwritten rule for communicators. You want to stick to the New Year's resolution things kind of right. Like last year, we talked about New Year, New Posture. Yeah. That was, I thought it was an amazing sermon. Yeah. I don't know about you guys. I don't know if you're here. But... Today I'm gonna to kind of I'm gonna speak into not our yesterday, I'm gonna speak into today, but I'm gonna speak into your weeks to come as well. Kind of got a message for us that it's a real sermon because like let's be real, New Year's resolutions last, some last an entire year and they keep going, but a lot of them have already gone to the wayside, right? A lot of them are already gone, but believing that after today, with this and with what we're going to be going through in our church life, that you're going to be able to live a 2018 with God and for God. You are going to thrive this year. Forget what 2017 looked like, okay? Are you ready to live a life that's thriving? God has it for you. You don't sound too enthused about it, church. I'm sure Podcast Land is excited about it. Are you guys excited about this? Come on. Come on. I know. My wife is. So there's this thought that I've been meditating on this past week. And I, personally, God, God spoke to me about this on Tuesday morning. And it's been reoccurring just nonstop for me. And I had to share it with you. And it's that it takes consistency and resolve to build a life of faith one day at a time. It takes consistency and resolve to build a life of faith. And get this, don't forget this last part, one day at a time. I think for some of you already, if you could just hang on to that last portion, that's going to free you up some. One day at a time, step by step. Resolve. What do I mean by resolve? It takes consistency and resolve. Resolve is a, think a declaration it is a decision point where you've come to make a decision and you are drawing a line in the sand. You are not going past it. This is where I stand. This is what I'm believing for. It's also like a, when you come to reach a firm decision, you resolve, right? Does that sound good? You get, you get it? Yeah. So consistency and then having that resolve 
is going to allow you to build a life of faith daily. You know, the banner over 2018 for our church has been yes and amen. That's something that we've heard from God and we're going to continue to declare over house in all of our lives throughout the rest of this year is yes and amen. Yes to God and all God has called us into, right? Yes to all of his promises. Yes to his plans for us. But then the amen is amen to everything God says about me. Amen to everything of who God is, his character. Amen to all the promises that he has throughout scripture for me in my year. We're declaring yes and amen, and that's something that we want you, church, as a family. Declare that over your own household. This isn't just for church. This is for you to carry in your daily walk, day by day, yes and amen. It takes consistency and resolve to build a life of faith one day at a time. Amen? One day at a time. Well, for that reason, we're going to be going to the minor prophets this morning. We're going to have some fun. I'm pumped. I'm ready. I've only had one coffee, but I feel like I'm flying. So get ready. I'm going to probably start talking fast and really loud. We're going to get good. We're going to go into the book of Haggai this morning. And some of you might be like, Haggai or Haggai for some of you, right? Haggai. We can still flip. It still works both ways. Haggai, Haggai. So what, what is it about Haggai? Haggai is a minor prophet. Obviously not by stature nor by importance or significance, minor being because of the length of the book. It's two chapters long. It's actually the, one of the second shortest book in the Old Testament. And in the book of Haggai, in these two chapters, there's four specific stories that span over the, the period of four months. So it's a quick book, four-month-long book. And when this happened, when did this take place? Now, for many of you know, King Solomon, David's son, built the temple, right? That God spoke to David about, and he allowed Solomon to build this illustrious temple to worship God in. Magnificent. Absolutely beautiful. Well, King Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians, you know, King Nebuchadnezzar out of the fiery furnace fame, that one, Daniel, book of Daniel, came and conquered them and completely destroyed the temple. They took all the Jews into captivity for 50 years. And right after around 50 years is when they allowed, this is crazy, 50,000 Jews to go back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple because it was in shambles. Now, what's interesting is like, Within the first two years, they were so excited, they came out of captivity, right? We're free. Here we go. We get to build a temple. And they actually laid all of the foundation. All the foundation had been laid. They, they built an altar. They started to make sacrifices. And then they ran into some opposition. And so for 15 years, the temple remained unfinished. It was a remnant functional because they used to be able to do sacrifices, but that was merely it. They just left it there. This is where Haggai bursts onto the scene. Minor prophet, man of God, has a word from God, and God actually confronts his people face to face. He's not afraid of confronting us and calling us out. You got to love that about God. And he actually says, you people, what are you doing? You're living in these houses of panel, like paneled homes, really nice homes, 
and look at my house. It's in shambles. Maybe you need to make first things first again. Maybe you need to reshift your priorities. How many of us have having to reshift priorities right now, right? Maybe you need to switch things around. And it's kind of harsh at first, this word, but then I love in chapter 1 of Haggai, in verse 13, God actually completely changes things around, and he says, I am with you. For I am with you. And they hear this, and all of a sudden, they get, like their perspective changes. Zerubbabel, the governor, and then Joshua, the high priest, and then all the people hear from God, I am with you. They start to get stirred up. It says that their spirits were stirred up. So faith started to build up in them. Hope started to build up in them. That excitement comes. We've heard from God. God is with us. Let's do this. Let's be rebuild the, the temple, right? They're so pumped. They're like ready to go. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's make this amazing. One month in. One month in. Feast of Tabernacles comes. It's a festival. It's established in the Mosaic Law days. And what this festival was, was the, the, the Feast of Tabernacles was all of the people recognizing and showing God gratitude for the harvest. It was them saying, we're setting time aside to rejoice and praise you because of the harvest, God. But not just for this specific harvest, for overall, for your faithfulness and the fruitfulness of the promised land. So everybody's around, and it's Feast of Tabernacle times. It's a big party, and their construction site's right there, and everyone's kind of looking at it. And Haggai, being in his mid-70s about this time, as were many of the other older Jews, were coming around, and they're like, that's the temple. Don't you remember when Solomon built it? It was legit. Like, you see, this is the temple. This is the temple of our God. This is nothing like it. There's rumblings going on, and there's murmurs everywhere. And then all of a sudden, everyone that was so gung-ho, we just heard from God, God is with us, let's build it. What is going on? We're never going to be able to finish this. Who are we kidding, right? It's never going to be like Solomon's temple. Are we just wasting our time? Like all of that, the brakes just like were hit. I wonder if that sounds familiar to us. I wonder if we ever start to do something, maybe at the new year, and we're so excited, we're so motivated, right? Went out and bought the shirt. It's all over our Instagram account. It's on like everything we do. We hashtag it. We got our own hashtag for the year and everything. And then like weeks in, months in, well, I'm not seeing progression. I'm not seeing where I thought I'd be. I'm not where I'm at. And like, I'm starting to look at everyone else and they're way further along. So maybe it's just time I abandon all of this. Does it sound familiar? Maybe it was like the gym, right? Going hard at the gym. It's January and then February. It's like the, you know, if you want to do quiet time, you go to the gym in February. There's like no one there. Seriously. You have the place to yourself. <laughs> coffee. Some people like try and quit coffee and like, gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. I'll drink matcha instead or whatever. 
And then two days in, they're like, oh my God, just give me a coffee. I need a coffee. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. Or they go and get it without like any friends around. <laughs> go hide their Gibraltar in the corner, right? Just get it. You know, it could be diet. It could be our finances. I'm sure we could go on and on, right, with lists and lists of things that we've run into where we're just like, what's going on? But what, church, why, why is this? Why does this happen? Why do we hit these points when we're like, ah, maybe not? I think it's when we don't make progress, right? At least the progress that we think we should be making, discouragement kicks in. And two major elements of discouragement are lack of progress or comparison. Think about it. It's almost like they're the root of every, everything with discouragement. It's no coincidence. We actually see both here. We see a lack of progress, like how many years has this temple been going on? They've been trying to build it, and we still are nowhere, and then all the old people come around, and everyone's reminding us, right? Remember Solomon's, and we could never do that. We don't have the resource. We don't have the manpower to do this. We'll never be able to do this. What's going on? You know, it's, it's so easy for us to get discouraged when we begin to compare ourselves with others or who are where we're not. It's far too easy. We start to look at everybody else and think like, well, they just started their new job and they're already doing this, 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 and this. We're like, they just decided to move out of nowhere and they got an amazing place. And here I am, you know, sharing a room with eight other people. Right? There's so many other things. We start to look at other people and what's going on. It's like the, the whole Instagram principle, right? I'm constantly comparing myself with everyone's highlight reel. My chapter one, mid-chapter one, I'm comparing with someone's chapter 10 maybe. I don't know, but it's on there. And so I see it and I think, why am I not there? God, I thought you were a God that is a God of yes and amen and answers prayer. And like, I've been praying for like three weeks. I haven't seen anything. Comparison and lack of progress, like once it starts to take place, there's this dialogue that goes on subconsciously inside of our minds, right? It goes a little something like this. Craig, is that even worth it? Is it even worth it? Is it worth putting all this effort in? Giving my all I'm doing my best, I'm not getting anywhere, and honestly, I have nothing to show from it. Is it worth it? And that conversation continues to be on repeat, right? And it's just going to rotate around in our mind, and it's going to continue to creep up, and then it might creep up into other areas of life. Is it worth it? Spiritually, maybe there's one thing that keeps popping up for you. Maybe this is the year, God, I'm going to read my Bible every day. Three days in, and I just, I have too much going on today, and this is, I'm a horrible Christian, oh my gosh, right? I've tried for so long. I've worked harder than them. Why? Why? I get discouraged, too. Let's be real. I'm a pastor, and there's times, like, I'm driving to church, and I might get in an argument with my wife. 
and start to walk in and think I'm about to praise God and maybe preach and preach God's word and here I am. How rotten am I? Or like I'm worshiping in the car and I'm by myself and I'm having just this amazing moment, me and Holy Spirit, I'm singing away, thinking I sound like Lee, belting it out. And then some rideshare vehicle decides to pull right in front of me and slam on the brakes and put its hazards on and stop in the middle of the road. And I'm like, for real? That's the edited version too. <laughs> right? And I'm like, but I'm a Christian. Like, God, I thought I'm over this. I thought I'm over this stuff. But like, church, what happens when we get discouraged? What, what do we do? Let's say you're constantly getting discouraged. Like, what is it that you can do? And why are we looking at Haggai? <laughs> Tell you what, why don't we look at what God says to his people in this story? We're going to look at what he says to his people because they're actually rebuilding and they're building something and it isn't going too well. They're not making a whole lot of progress and unfortunately for them, even if they do finish, it's never going to rank up there with Solomon's temple. So what I love is in verse 3, God acknowledges the discouragement. He says, Who of you has left and saw this house in the form of glory? How does it look to you now? Does it not seem to you like nothing? See, Do you realize that God understands and cares about the discouragement that you're going through and you're feeling? God cares about it. He cares about you. You're not alone. But he does something right here. In verse 4, he starts a chain of command. He goes to Zerubbabel. He goes to the governor. Then he goes to the Joshua, the high priest. And then he goes to all the people. And he tells them, Be strong. But Zerubbabel, be strong. Joshua, be strong. All of you people, be strong. And everyone's like, easier said than done, God. Right? Okay. Be strong, but that's not all. <laughs> be strong and work. What? I thought you were going to say be strong and courageous. Right? Be strong and work. Why? And he again, he says it. I'm with you. Be strong and work because I'm with you. See, not only do we need to be reminded that God is with us, right? Family, we need to remind ourselves that God is with us. It may be six days into the year, but we need to start reminding ourselves that God is with me. God, you are with me today. Even before church, after church, when I go home, when I go do this, God, you're still with me. Even though 2018 kind of makes me feel overwhelmed, you're in this. You're with me. You are here. Back to what God says to do, though. So first he says, be strong, and then he says, work. So when you get discouraged and want to give up, God's telling us to be strong and work. Again, like, easier said than done. It's one thing to preach about it and read it in Scripture, but, like, isn't us being stronger or our lack thereof strength what got us into this 
predicament to begin with? Like, God, that's why I'm discouraged, because I'm not strong enough. Right? 2 Corinthians 12.9, God says to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your what? Weakness. My power is made perfect in your weakness. Translate into family, God has got you covered. Be strong in work because it doesn't have to be your strength. Romans 8.11 in the New Living Translation says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, Jules. You, Lee. That same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, right? So be strong in work is starting to look a little different. Be strong in work isn't so much laboring. It's like, oh, actually, maybe I can do this because maybe I could do this through God's strength. See, when you're at a loss and you, you want to give up, you want to throw the towel in, family, you need to hear me in this. Like, this is perfect. You are the perfect candidate to allow God's strength to work through you. Like, we think that those are our most frail and weak moments, but that's okay because his strength is greater, and that's when he can come right through us and work and lift us out of what we're in. Be strong and work. Y'all good so far? With me. Be strong and work. Be strong in the Lord and work. Oh, it just sounds so legalistic, Craig. Work, 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 right? <laughs> that was for free. Show up. I once heard a wise person who's not here today, we love her, say from the platform, sometimes you just need to show up. Be strong and show up, Teresa. Keep showing up. When you don't want to show up, show up. Be strong in the Lord and keep moving. Isaiah, be strong and keep stacking those stones and those bricks to build what God has called you to build. Be strong and keep reading God's word and declaring it over your life. Be strong and keep praying even though you're not seeing answers. Be strong and get back on your knees and cry out to God and keep doing so because maybe... Three days in a row isn't cutting it. Maybe God wants a little more time with you. Be strong and work. And there's this pastor that I admire so much and have for years. And he said this quote, just blew my mind. It's so practical, but yet so profound. And he said, successful people do consistently what normal people do occasionally. Successful people do consistently what normal people do occasionally. Ouch. <laughs> so real. So true. So when I don't feel like it, when I maybe don't want to wake up early in the morning and spend time with God before my day even starts and kind of give him that part of my morning in my day, be strong and work. Be strong in the Lord and show up. When I'm not seeing the results that I was asking for in prayer, it doesn't say to just give up and go another route and do it on my own. God says, be strong and work. Go ahead and say it with me. Be strong and work. Go ahead and say that back to me. Be strong and work. Be strong and work. Be strong and work. That's something we need to continuously remind ourselves of. When you've been going to the gym for maybe six weeks now and you're on this 
kale tofu diet and you just gain three pounds. What the heck is going on? Be strong and work, right? Be strong and work. Keep at it. Don't just give up. Don't just throw the towel in. It's step by step. Little by little is what you're going to do. 2018 at first can seem so daunting, but the thing is, it's one day at a time. One step at a time. Break it down to one step at a time. Maybe one little goal at a time. One action at a time. Be strong and work. Be speaking life over yourself. Be consistent with speaking God's word over yourself. Galatians 6.9 says that let us not become weary of doing good. Right? For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Hashtag keep going. Someone, someone in here needs to hear that today. Keep going. Hashtag keep going. If you do not give up, God's word says you will reap a harvest. Not you might if the weather's good and you do things right. If you are faithful and you do not give up, you will reap a harvest. Family, God has called us to what? He's called us to obedience, not the outcome. We get so fussed about the outcome all the time. Come on, yo. This preaching's a little better than some of you are responding. He's called us like you leave the outcome to him. He's called you to be obedient. So if you be obedient, God will take care of the outcome. Be strong and go to work. When it doesn't look like it, family, you're actually building way more than you see. You're building something so significant that's for the long haul and that's sustainable that you won't you might not reap initial benefits from it. You might not see the fruit immediately, but it's for the rest of your life. It's for the journey of life. It's for this journey with God. Be strong and go to work. It's just like house. This year we're going to be celebrating two years from when we started in a living room right here on Berry Street in Soma. That's crazy. Two years. A lot of blood, sweat, and tears. A lot of laboring. Be strong tears. Be strong and work. When you come in on Sunday sometimes and you don't see loads of people and you're like, where's everybody at, God? We are faithful and we're doing this. We're here early setting up and people don't give a rip sometimes or they'd rather watch football or do something else on their Sundays. Be strong and work. God has called us to obedience, not the outcome. This church is going to see growth this year because we have so many builders in here. Because we have so many builders that are saying yes and amen to 2018. God, you are good. And God, I'm going to be strong and work. Be strong in you, and I'm going to work. I'm going to show up. I'm going to be consistent. There's like a lot of dust in this room. <laughs> God's going to be doing the heavy lifting for you this year, family. You need to allow him to. He's going to do the hard work. You do it with him. Verse 4, I want to go back to this. God says that I'm with you, declares the Lord Almighty. I am with you. My spirit remains in you. 
do not fear. How many of us, when we look at 2018, some fear kind of generates in us? I don't know what it's going to look like, but God's saying, I'm with you. Do not fear. I am with you. And this is really cool. This is the amazing part of this story that I love how the Old Testament like talks about a lot of the physical stuff and the natural stuff, but it's a foreshadowing of the New Testament and the spiritual things that are taking place. Amen. You with me? Verse 9. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house. This is God saying this. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house. How is this happening, God? Because you're referring to this is not even built yet glory. And you're talking about Solomon's temple that you were so a part of. And it just was this beautiful example of what a temple could look like and what God, you know, his house should look like. The glory of this present house will be greater like can't be true it's funny because historians even said like this was not the case let's be real this temple Zerubbabel's temple yeah it was good it wasn't Solomon's so what does this glory mean how can this encourage us today See, they were building this temple because people wanted to encounter God. And at this temple, they would do sacrifices, perform sacrifices in hopes that they would become right with God. Old Testament. Fast forward, New Testament. God says, you are my temple. You are my temple. You are where I dwell. My spirit, the spirit of Jesus, dwells in you, the Holy Spirit, You are my temple now. The New Testament, see, God comes to you. He makes the sacrifice so you can be right with him. Therefore, Jesus is this greater glory. Haggai, and when God is speaking through Haggai, talking about the glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the, the former, he's talking about Christ in you, the hope and glory. Christ in you, That glory is far greater than anything else that man could create. That's the beauty in this. 1 John 4, 4 says, The one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. The glory is in you. Jesus is in you. Be strong and work because he is in you. He is with you. You are not alone. 2018 is not a year to live alone. No longer do you have to go to the temple to encounter God because he resides in you. I love how God, a little further along in this chapter, he's actually, you know, after he talks about the glory being greater in the new and the present house, he actually says, and in this place I will grant my peace. It's time to receive that. He dwells in you. He has granted his peace. It's for you. You have to just receive it. We need to walk in it. That's the promise for 2018, that God is with you. That's a yes and amen, right? 
takes consistency and resolve to build a life of faith one day at a time with God through his strength. I want to go back to Galatians 6. Well, in due time, we'll just say that it's paraphrasing. If you do not give up, you will reap a harvest. Don't give up. Hashtag, what does that say? Keep going, church. Keep going. Be strong in the Lord and work. Be strong in the Lord and show up. God is in charge of the outcome. He's responsible for the outcome. We're responsible for being obedient. Amen? So what I'm believing for is that this word will inspire you and take some of the weight and pressure off because, God, I want to achieve these things, but I don't think I could quite do this on my own. Well, guess what? He's saying, as strong as you are, you need to rely on me. I'm with you. Can I invite the worship team on up? Keep going. And I love that God is so intentional. God is so intentional. He says, I'm with you. Reminder, hey, I'm with you. And I will grant my peace. That's like the seal on the envelope, like of a decree. God waited till the end to say that. He said, I'm with you, and I will grant my peace. So peace is yours for 2018. Peace is yours. And what you need to do is stop beating yourself up if you're not feeling it, because guess what? It's day by day, step by step. It's a journey. But be strong and what? Be strong and work, church. Love you. Let's worship together.